Hello all you seekers, explorers and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Arkham Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. I think one of the most lacking of skills among humanity today is the expression of emotion. So being able to express emotions in a constructive and compassionate way is something that we lack as a, a society as a whole. To get to the point where we're all expressing our emotions uh, from a place of compassion and uh, healthy attitude towards our own emotions, uh, it does take personal responsibility, it does take uh, to know one's own emotions, so emotional intelligence and empathy. So at the end of the day, it is an individual responsibility to uh, find one's own optimal self and to show up as a role model in society among our peers and uh, communities to uh, show how we can actually act to cooperate and collaborate and uh, get along. So I'm grateful that you've shown up here today to uh, see what you can learn or rather what we can uh, impart in terms of asking for you to ask yourself some questions, some key questions and perhaps uh, show up as a role model in your community to make the changes that we need in humanity today. So let's find out more about this super important uh, subject and uh, enjoy. Unexpressed emotion will never die. They are buried alive and will come forth later in uglier ways. And that's of course uh, Sigmund Freud, the famed uh, psychotherapist or uh, psychiatrist, minted that quote so unexpected oh, unexpressed emotion will never die they are buried alive and will come forth later in uglier ways so if we don't express our emotions what happened to them they they get stored in our energy our mental and our physical bodies so if you have problems with uh, or you, uh, muscle tensions and stuff like that. You might have uh, tension in your neck and your shoulders. You might have uh, sciatica or something like that. That is typically based, in my experience at least, uh, based on uh, having emotions stored up. And when you release those emotions, you also release those tensions. And some of you will have heard me telling my story about uh, releasing my sciatica that I suffered with for about 15 years. Um, and when I started meditating uh, in earnest, uh, it took about two weeks and I had released those tensions. And I haven't been uh, dealing with any sciatic pain since then. And when I went to the doctor, they said it was tight muscles around the sciatic nerve that were rubbing up against it that were causing the uh, pain. So now where that tension ca came from, they couldn't tell me. And I, uh, I just assumed because I was a long distance runner in, in my younger years um, and I stopped running that it was just muscles that had, were unused. But it turned out that in my experience then that it was pent up uh, emotions that were stuck. Um, so we can look at, you know, when we hold on to our emotions or hold on to the idea of our emotions, uh, we do so with our thoughts, our words, and our actions. 
So when we, uh, and it's how we express them that will de determine whether we're holding on to them or if we're letting them go. And uh, so a lot of people will feel that when we're expressing our emotions, however we express them, whether we're shouting or screaming or we're hitting something or whatever it may be, that we're releasing emotions. But now consider this. When the Vikings went into battle or when the Maoris in New Zealand performed the haka, is that what were they what are they doing? They're building up energy within themselves, right? So they're banging like the Vikings would bang the axes on their shields or the swords on the shields and shout and scream and to build up aggression, to build up emotion within themselves. That's not releasing emotion. That's building up to perform an action. It's building up adrenaline. So when if we have a challenge with uh, yelling and screaming at people or talking aggressively or acting aggressively or thinking aggressively, then we have a tendency to activate our stress response. So we, we release cortisol into our system. And that's physiologically uh, going to damage our uh, predominantly our cardiovascular system. So not all expression of emotion is beneficial. It could actually be detrimental to our own physical and mental health. Okay. And so these are things that you can go and look up uh, in medical journals and so forth. These are uh, actual uh, facts that, you know, if we activate our stress response, that will have a physiological uh, effect, negative effect. Now, so how is it that we're holding on to our emotions with our thoughts, our words, our actions? So if I have an emotion of anger coming up, through, it, it gets triggered in my body, it gets triggered in my energy, and the uh, anger comes up, and the rises in or my my thought process then recognizes that I have anger coming up and based if i'm not aware of it and i'm i'm acting from my core wounding or i'm kind of acting from my head then i will uh, that will be a signal to defend myself in some way or uh, shape or form so my thought process will then go to okay when have I experienced this kind of anger, uh, this type of anger or this situation before? And how have I done it before? Uh, and how, how am I now reacting? Right? So if we're unaware of our own process, we will then go into a um, defensive mode of setting up barriers and, you know, potentially scream or uh, shout at someone or, some other way we will then express our anger to show that our boundaries have been violated and that we are now in a defensive position. It's like a dog barking, you know, showing that I am now ready to attack, right? Um, so 
the emotion goes up and perpetuates the thoughts. And then we take action with our words and uh, physical body, right? Now, if, if we do that every time we get angry, then that activates that fight, flight, or freeze response. And that is the stress response that then releases the um, cortisol within ourselves. So we can probably decide, uh, well, I have decided for myself that that kind of expression of emotion is not beneficial, not to me anyway. So why is it that we hold on to emotions? So let's go in more to that because how we then express it is going to be determined or we're going to understand that more uh, when we look at uh, the foundation to why we have hold on to emotions to begin with. Now, that is predominantly, we're looking at conditioning from our, you know, our childhood. Uh, might be that a lot of us have learned that feeling emotions um, is dangerous, uh, expressing emotions uh, are equally dangerous because you know other people don't like it so therefore we will uh, risk our position in the family or community and being ostracized is uh, dangerous to ourselves and our uh, well-being because obviously as uh, animals if we're ostracized from the group or the community we will not survive very long so therefore there is that fear of death involved in that uh, and that's the next point fear of death is the uh, one of the uh, factors uh, why we hold on to uh, to emotions and that might sound a little, <laughs> little bit uh, drastic uh, but if you look at every time fear comes up within us what is it that we're really afraid of take any uh, occurrence where you have anger coming up as an emotion for example there is always underlying fear involved with it. And that goes for any negative emotion that comes up, whether it be shame or guilt or bitterness or jealousy or anger, any negative emotion. Now, we don't like talking about negative and positive, perhaps, but for the purpose of this conversation, let's, uh, let's label it as such. Um, so, for example, if you have the sense of guilt coming up. What's the fear involved with that? Well, it depends on the experiences that you've had previously that gives you the idea in the present that you need to feel guilt. Because nobody's telling you to feel guilty. It's you deciding to feel guilty. Right? It's a choice. So when we look at the past experiences, what was it that caused us to feel guilty in the past and oftentimes that is from a perspective of our, uh, our childhood so our brains are not fully functioning uh, at an adult level um, so our perception of uh, the way we think and the way other people think is not fully formed so i mentioned this many times before as well that until we're about 10 years old, we don't have the concept of individual thoughts. So when, if someone tells us, um, 
reprimands us or something like that. And we have the thought, ooh, if I don't behave, I will not be safe. Then we think that everybody else has that same thought at that exact same moment. So the, we think that the person reprimanding us is thinking, if you don't behave, I'm going to kick you out of the family. Now, as adults, we understand that I can have one thought and one experience and someone else has another thought and experience regarding exactly the same experience that we're sharing. It's our perception of it that forms our beliefs about it. But as children, we don't have that capability because our brains are not quite there yet, as it were. So we look back and see, all right, so if I had that experience then, then uh, what I'm experiencing now, it comes back because we, we have kind of this habit and pattern built into our subconscious and now we're repeating it over and over again in whenever that's being triggered or that situation is being triggered again. Our fear of, or uh, in that situation, thinking that we're going to, if we don't behave, we're going to be kicked out of a family. Now, if you're eight years old and you get kicked out of a family and you put on the street, what's the likelihood that you're going to survive? Or what's the likelihood you thinking that you're going to survive? Not very big, right? So therefore, there is a distinct fear of death. It might seem drastic to say fear of death is one of the reasons we hold on to emotions, but in fact, it is from that perspective of the child that we have this defense mechanism. And that's where core wounding is built up. It's built up by uh, unresolved emotions. Now, so when we, uh, we are in, in the situation we are in an adult's uh, perspective, we still have that fear of death in terms of how we respond to the core wounding being triggered. Now, uh, one of the uh, perspectives that I think is helpful to resolve um, past trauma is to reconcile our relationship with the termination of this life. So whenever that's going to happen, uh, A, it's usually not, nothing we control, uh, B, it is inevitable. You know, the most dangerous thing you can do in life is to be born because that guarantees that you're going to die. So reconciling with those, and it doesn't depend, it doesn't matter what happens afterwards, uh, what your belief system is, whether you are simply returned to kind of the, the, the ecosystem or you, your soul lives on, it doesn't matter because there's a, an end to it, and then that's that. Now, some people, or rather you can look at, depending on the perspective you have on that, you can either say, well, that's scary, and I don't want to have this end, or you can say, well, actually, there's nothing I can do about it, so it's an inevitable, so I might as well enjoy the time I'm here. So it's really a matter of perception, and that fear even though it is warranted, it doesn't need to have hold that kind of power over us. So in order to resolve these 
release these emotions, that's uh, one of the big things we can do. Um, now, also one of the reasons we hold on to emotions, the perception of ourselves versus the reality construct. What I mean with that is, what position do I per perceive myself having in this reality? Do I view myself from the perspective of everybody else, i.e. am I in constant fear of judgment? Am I in constant fear of not belonging and so forth? Or am I fully safe within myself and accept you know, whatever experiences I'm having? Now, if we're holding on to emotions, then that is oftentimes, again, that fear of how am I perceived from the outside? Also, holding on to emotions is when we're not able to process it or process them from a perspective of observation. So we are in our heads and the emotion comes up. We don't, have, we don't stand a chance to uh, observe it and deal with it before it fires off the thought process and our, uh, we go into action to defend ourselves. Now, expressing our emotions from a perspective of uh, the core wounding or the fear or from just our thought process is not going to uh, help us because that is typically going to perpetuate the uh, the energy, so we kind of transfer it to someone else. They're not then they're they're going to be triggered and they're going to come back at us, and then we're going to get triggered again, and we get, and that's how it escalates, right? Now, if one person in this interaction is able to observe themselves and stay calm, that other person is not going to continuously be triggered and it's not going to escalate to a point where it uh, might get out of control, right? So being able to catch our emotions and deal with them and work through them, we can actually, actually express ourselves in a way that is going to be conducive to the interaction with someone else. And first and foremost, conducive to ourselves. Now, so in the illusion of release, so oftentimes, and this is where I'm sure some of you might uh, disagree with me, but uh, I'm happy for anybody to voice and uh, give uh, perspective on this, but lashing out. So if you have anger coming up, lashing out, right? And this is the illusion of release. That, Oh, if I lash out, if I, if I voice my anger, if I yell and scream, then I release my anger, right? Uh, Self-pity crying. So when we're sitting and we, we cry, self-pity crying is not releasing your emotion. It's the illusion of the, it's like, yeah, that's good, cry. But yes, why are you crying? What, what's... You know, how, how are you perceiving yourself? And the, uh, one of my favorite, telling one's truth, right? I am out there, I'm telling the truth to anybody, and that's who I am, and uh, 
you know, I don't care what other people think. And that is me holding my boundaries. That's me expressing myself. That's me being authentic. But again, how am I, you know, what effect does it have on the world? What energy am I sending out there? So release comes with the realization and separation of emotion from memory. So when we go out and uh, we get triggered by, so we say uh, it could be a coworker or a partner, uh, a spouse or whomever it is, we get triggered and we start yelling and screaming. So we, we, we're not able to observe ourselves. We're not able to um, act uh, from kind of a uh, conscious perspective. We're uh, unconscious of our own uh, actions uh, and we just lash out. Now, what we do then is we're triggering our stress response, which then perpetuates the uh, the the, uh, the negative experience and the negative emotion uh, it increases the anger and it perpetuates the thought process. I'm in danger. My integrity is being threatened, whatever it may be. So therefore, I need to defend myself. Therefore, I need to react, continue reacting. Now, in that. And so from my earlier statement, release comes with the realization and separation of emotion from the memory. When you are self-pity crying, there is no realization of the emotion. There's only realization of the suffering. So if we have a situation where we are crying and we go we we feel the emotion coming up and we are crying and it's like yes i now understand i feel it i see it and you 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 release it by crying that's a different matter if you have anger coming up and you express that anger as in uh this is how i feel i don't accept you speaking to me that way so if you continue speaking to me in that way, I'm going to leave the room. Now that's expressing the emotion that comes up, but it's done in a, in a calm, collective way and it empowers you because you have a choice as to what you do. So in any given experience, you have three choices. You can either stay and try to change the uh, experience, or you can stay and you can change your perspective of the experience, or you can leave. Those are your three choices. Okay, uh, so Chris, you just told, uh, if you're feeling anger in a conference hall or you know in a gathering and you clearly communicated to the other person what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And you are saying that uh, I will tell him I will I'm feeling uh, you know it is violating my boundary and I will leave the room if you don't uh, mend your ways whatever right. But if I am moving away from that place, is it is it not you know like running away from this scene or something like 
I'm avoiding that scenario, something like that? Well, it depends. If someone is acting out from their core wounding, then it's them uh, expressing, uh, or they're, they're spewing negativity over you. You're expressing that you don't, you don't have to accept their negativity on you, right? Now, there's nothing constructive coming out of that. And there's really no purpose in you staying in that experience because nothing constructive is going to come out of it. So it's better to say, I don't accept you screaming and yelling at me and I would like to resolve this, but we can't resolve it in this energetic environment we're in right now. So I'm going to leave. And then when you've calmed down, we can continue this conversation. Got it. Right? Yeah. So you, 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 you tell where your boundaries are. If the person continues, then you just leave. You say, okay, we'll, we'll take this up later again. And, you know, the person, if they don't realize that they're acting from their, their core wounding, they're, they're going to uh, have the same reaction again next time. And then you just do the same thing again. And if they are never going to change, then perhaps your decision might be that, you know what, this is a lost course. I accept your journey, <laughs> accept that you, you have your experiences, but I don't need to remain in this toxic environment. So, you know, what is the value of, to you to resolve it if there is no desire from the other party to resolve it. So release comes with the realization and separation of emotion from memory. As you can see, the, we have a choice every step of the way as to how we interact and how we express our emotions. Now, I'm not going to claim I'm <laughs> a saint by any means that I never get angry, um, but I certainly, scream and yell a lot less than I did, you know, six, seven years ago. Um, and my, my body does so much better for it. Not having that energy within my own sphere also makes it easier when someone else is being, you know, negative towards me it's easier for me to manage my own energy and say, you know what, that doesn't belong to me. I don't need to take that on. And I can just let it go. And it's easier for me to just stand in that toxic environment and say, that's all right. If you want to yell and scream, that's up to you. And then if they don't stop, then it's like, you know what, this is, not this is not conducive. I'm going to leave. And then you just walk away. So it is uh, for my, uh, my serenity and my calm. Uh, of course, for those of you who remember the Seinfeld episode with uh, um, Costanza's dad saying that, you know, serenity now, using that as a, um, as a way to stay calm, um, 
you don't want to avoid the emotion that comes up. That's not the point here. You still want to express it. You still want to release it, but releasing and expressing it in a compassionate way. And it's compassionate to everybody else around you, but primarily compassionate towards yourself, right? So it's the compassionate expression of emotions that is integral in the process of release. So if we're screaming, yelling, or if we come, we express it from, express our emotion from the perspective of the core wounding or the perspective of the original uh, sensitizing event that is not uh, conducive to the healing process. It's not conducive to releasing. We're just holding on to it and perpetuating it because we're just reenacting what we've done before. Now, there's a, a term in psychotherapy called abreaction. So if you're in therapy, for example, and uh, if you do uh, regression in hypnosis, this uh, uh, can happen uh, quite a lot where you are experiencing the trauma. You're having the same experience that you did uh, when you experienced the trauma the first time. So you are expressing yourself in the same way. Now, when you are in a safe environment, in a therapist's environment, that's a different matter because now you are able to conjure up the, the experience in a very visceral way. But now you can, you can look at it from a, an adult's perspective with the resources and tools of an adult as opposed to an eight-year-old. So that's very different. But if you're in a place where you're in a, in a confrontation or conflict, you're not in a safe space, so you are not necessarily looking at uh, treating and releasing the, uh, the, the wound, but you're looking to defend yourself, right? So, and it's the, so imbalanced expression perpetuates the energy, right? So what we want to look at when, when we make kind of make a measurement for ourselves as to how we express the, the emotion, it's based on, am I sending out my anger to the world? Am I sending out my self-pity to the world? Am I sending out my insecurities to the world? Whatever it is, my shame, my guilt. Now, once we start working on ourselves, we are going to continue to have the same reactions, but we can now start to be aware of it. And when we're aware of it, we can then say, how can I express this differently? So if there is, if I am sad and upset about something, it doesn't have to be from the perspective of a victim, but rather I am releasing this and I am allowing it to go. So you find that balanced or if the anger comes up, okay, well, there's anger coming up. Where is it coming from? Where did it start? Where did it originate? So you, you can then work through and 
oftentimes the, the main challenge is that we have no memory as to where it comes from. And it sits in our subconscious. So one of the, and this goes back to the, one of the benefits of the Abbey reaction is that you have the memory being revealed at the same time, which then gives you an opportunity to heal that memory and separate the memory from the emotion uh, or uh, take the emotion out of the memory. So we're, and people often ask me, how do you know when you've forgiven someone or when you've healed something? And it is when you can recall the memory without having the emotional uh, experience. So if you, can, uh, if you can recall a trauma without having the emotion triggered or conjured up, so it's a neutral uh, memory, that then is a really good indicator uh, that you have either healed the emotion around it or the trauma around it, or that you've been able to release the emotions. Some of you may have experienced what they call release therapy. So going out into the woods and banging on logs and what have you, and I'm not saying that in, in a judgmental way at all, that literally what uh, men in particular will do as a, a therapy is to go out and hit things right and and yes there is certainly uh, benefits to doing that because you are you're not transferring your negative emotion to someone else you are just expressing it in a very explosive way, but it's not targeted or it's not uh, aimed at anybody else. So you're not perpetuating it that way. And so to some people, that is a wonderful way of releasing. To some people, it doesn't work at all. Uh, so we, we're all unique. So it's all dependent on how we feel comfortable in uh, expressing ourselves but the key here is really to find the balance and to ask ourselves am i expressing my emotion in a compassionate way to myself and others or am i perpetuating the emotion within myself and to others how do we release the emotions um so first of all, we have to be aware that we have the emotions coming up. So if we are constantly acting from a perspective of uh, our head, so we, we're kind of stuck in our head or we're constantly reacting and acting from our core wounding or the, uh, the trauma or the original sensitizing event, uh, whether that being a physical experience, a mental experience, whatever it may be, then we are going to not be in a position to handle it from a, comp a compassionate perspective. We're just going to act from the fear perspective of it. So mindful observation, you guys have heard me talk about this a lot as well, uh, to uh, train ourselves to observe our own experiences so we can observe the emotion as it comes up 
that is the mindful uh, mindful observation and we do we we build up that skill and practice by uh, sitting in meditation and to moving our awareness around our body and observing our breath observing our thoughts and so forth and when we have that as a practice and we can bring that into our everyday lives then when there is that anger coming up we can catch it before it start before it hits the thoughts process and then we can say hmm interesting i have anger coming up i wonder why that is oh yeah i have uh, my ex-wife's uh, yelling at me um that's why i have i feel threatened right okay well then you can go into that thought process okay well what what can this person actually do to me uh more than yelling at me okay well nothing much more than that hopefully so do i need to react angrily to this person yelling it's really about them it's not about me it's about them responding from their core wounding is not hasn't done anything to do with me so perhaps i can just tell them that i don't like them yelling at me and uh, it upsets me and that could be enough right so it's that ability to observe ourselves and observe the emotion coming up and we can say okay i see this and then we can release it so when we have that thought process going then the emotion typically just releases now this is then you peeled one layer off the onion the more you do that the more you release the less there is going to be stuck in your body also shifting your perception so um looking at your situation and your situation in your reality construct in a different way so like i was saying before you have three choices in every experience you can either change how you look at it you can try to change the interaction or the experience or you can leave now as we go through life we have this conditioning growing up that you know we need to protect ourselves or you know uh, if someone is being angry with you you need to be angry with them it's not safe to express our emotions whatever it may be and just shifting that perception on uh, those rules that we've grown up with that i have the choice how i respond to my emotions and that can having that paradigm shift can be really empowering to realize that we have a choice in how we act and react in every situation and understanding what we can control i can't control the person yelling and screaming at me there that is their choice now they may not be aware of that choice and thankfully you know we we when we then become self aware or aware of our choices i know i have a choice on, uh, as to how i respond to that person that is uh, acting aggressively towards me knowing that uh, they have their choice and i have my choice i know that i can't control them i can't control anything outside of my own energy the only things i can control are my thoughts my words my actions 
And yes, of course, you can't control the spontaneous thoughts, perhaps, but the thoughts that are perpetuated uh, from your emotions or the thoughts that generate feelings, we can absolutely control. We can uh, evoke good feelings within ourselves that then uh, generate good emotions or pleasant emotions, perhaps. Um, so knowing that we have a choice how we uh, act, but also that I can control my thoughts, my words, my actions, and nothing else, then also allows us to start to look at, okay, well, the emotions that come up, how do I express them? And it is a choice. So, uh, and also starting to have that self-reflection. So when the emotions come up, that won't, and that's exactly what emotions want is to be released. Emotions are energy. And we know what happens to energy if they're not in a battery, it will go somewhere. Uh, it will not stay in the same place. Uh, energy wants to stay in, uh, in motion. Uh, and if you trap energy, there will be um, this, uh, shall we call it a uh, tension, right? So you have a battery. Uh, if you put something where the energy can release to it, it goes and it's out, right? Now, obviously, batteries are manufactured in a way, so it releases slowly, but there's pressure within the battery because the energy is contained within. And that's the same thing that happens to us with the emotions. We are the batteries for the emotions because we don't allow the emotions to escape. We don't allow it to uh, disappear from within us. We hold on to it. So having that self-reflection helps us to then start looking at these memories and say, okay, I have this memory from when I'm 14 years old and I have this emotion attached to it. Why is that? So start asking questions. And once I understand that, and then I can allow that to be released because I'm no longer attached to the emotion. Yes, absolutely, Faz. Um, so we're, Marissa Pierce says, if you don't speak your emotions, your organs will weep them for you, i.e. physical health issues. Absolutely. Um, and actually in Sweden, I know they've, uh, a couple of years ago, they have uh, approved uh, the diagnosis of uh, broken heart syndrome. So, you know, when you are in, love and you have a catastrophe or a traumatic event when involving love uh, that oh that person has a broken heart it's an actual medical condition uh, determined uh, in sweden now so i thought that was interesting but yeah absolutely and that is the emotion that has caused or has created a traumatic event and us then holding on to that from a perspective of, um, I don't want to use the word uh, victimhood, but you know, if we look at it from a perspective of I'm not ready to let it go yet, then we hold on to it, and it's 
only when we are ready to let it go that we can actually heal from it. But again, it is our choice. So when we can then sit down and again, it's not, I'm not uh, promoting that anybody should ignore their feelings or ignore, you know, if you have a heartbreak that you should ignore that. Absolutely not. But it's how we perceive it that is important and how we work our way through the process. Because the emotion wants to uh, leave us, but a lot of times we hold on to it. For, and a lot of times we hold on to emotions because it makes us feel alive. So if you race car drivers, for example, uh, I've heard many race car drivers saying that the, the reason they race cars is because, and they're being on the edge and they're risking their lives is because it makes them feel alive. I have one of, one of my previous clients, who race car driver, who uh, would uh, go in the, um, what are they called? These flying suits, squirrel suits. Um, and jump off mountains and uh, you know fly down the mountain. Uh, I think the uh, don't think anybody of those survive. It's incredibly dangerous, but it, you know it's that uh, rush that makes them feel alive. It's the emotions that come with it that they can feel. They are present. They are in their body. There, it's uh, so it becomes. A lot of a lot of times it can become a coping mechanism like that, uh, and that's the same thing. If we we've been hurt in one way or another, we can hold on to things because it makes us feel alive. It makes us feel here. It makes us feel in the body, even though it's very uncomfortable. And oftentimes we kind of escape the body if we have very strong emotions. Um, but it's, again, it is our perception of it. And trusting that there will be other emotions coming along uh, can then also help us to release that emotion that is stuck. Um, because there will be always be emotions coming along. That's part of the human experience. We are uh, emotional animals. That's kind of part of the experience we have here. Um, and then, of course, it is looking at the experiences that we have had from uh, the compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, gratitude uh, perspective. So that when we have that memory with the memory attached, the way to separate them is to gain an understanding of that memory and why uh you know why did everything happen the way it's happened so showing compassion to ourselves and everybody involved having acceptance for us having had the experience but also our own path and everybody else's path um and then once we have those pieces together we can forgive because now we have an understanding of the situation in itself the experience in itself and now we can, we're ready to forgive. And the forgiving is then releasing the emotion from the memory. And that then will reveal the gift that the experience has given you, which is then the, uh, uh, the gratitude.
Uh, Chris, so I have got a question here. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm dealing with someone, right? Whenever I'm communicating with someone or I'm into a situation and I believe that, you know, everything comes into one's life with a purpose, with a logic, you know, with a purpose, with a divine purpose. And if that person is triggering me or something, you know, I take it as, you know, like I have, I have attracted this thing. Something like that. You know, like I'm talking to you and you or like I was sitting in my room and somewhere uh, a stranger came inside and he just said something and it triggered me. Mm-hmm. So I take it that, you know, if I'm feeling triggered with this, I'm responsible to act on this or, you know, I have attracted this or like I have got some message with this. Now, uh, Am I, uh, you know, am I making a sense? Like, are you getting what I am trying to convey? Uh, Yeah. So why do you have a responsibility to, well, rather, yes, you have a responsibility to express the emotions within yourself. You have no, you have no responsibility towards anybody else. So if someone comes into your space or someone that you are in an experience with, that so to speak uh not attacks but they, they start a confrontation with you uh it's exactly not confrontation it it can be anything you know like which is triggering me or okay you know, so simply me. triggering yeah. you in some way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's, they may it's not be triggering you know buy it yes yeah. so triggering has taken place now whether i'm gonna react on that or i'm gonna Ex, uh, you know, respond on that. That's totally a choice. And mm-hmm. I, you know, the level of core wound or whatever it is, you know, it will decide what's going to happen next. But what I want to ask is like, everything is happening for a reason, for a purpose in my life. And, you know, things are triggering me. There's a lesson to be learned over there. At times, this thing becomes overwhelming. I think, you know, like there's a healthy boundary uh, to do everything. You know, mm-hmm. there is a healthy balance of taking the responsibility and then, you know, separating from it when it's yeah. becoming heavy on your energy or on your, on your own self. So is there something, you know, that we can bring in or like something, you know, like your way of understanding about this, instead of believing that everything is coming with a reason or with a purpose, let it go and then be totally open to the emotion, live it with healthy boundary, whatever, okay. whatever you want to say. Well, absolutely. It, it is a choice. Absolutely. And however anybody wants to experience the emotion and uh, can, uh, how they want to express it into the world is entirely up to them. Now, I'm offering uh, a technique that will allow you to express it compassionately every time and it's how you look at yourself in that experience because if you're just releasing yourself to whatever you, whatever you think it is the i don't i don't want to i don't want to say that anybody that feels they want to express it from a perspective of karma as it were or that purpose in life um 
that they're wrong because they're not. But knowing that you have a choice as to how you uh, express it will then give you the control to treat the, or to have an understanding of what the emotion is. Because if you look at any of your experiences, what is the lowest common denominator? Uh, can you just repeat the question, please? Yeah, so in any of your experiences, what is the reoccurring thing in every of one of your experiences? Blame, blame. Well, it's actually you. You are the one thing that reoccurs in every single experience. You're always there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I'm always there. Yeah, because you are having the experience, right? So now, what is the purpose of an experience? The purpose of this experience is I need to release the need to blame okay. myself. Yeah. Something on those lines. Yeah. Well, the, you're on the right track there. The, the purpose of the experience is for you to experience yourself, to, to uh, learn about yourself. Right. So it's not has nothing to do about the external environment. The external environment is just there for you to have an opportunity to experience yourself. Because if you're in a vacuum, you won't be able to experience yourself. There will be nothing triggering you if you're in a vacuum. Mm. So how can you experience yourself if you have nothing triggering you? True. Right? And in fact, when uh, once you say, if I strike out the rules of karma and purpose, and I replace it with something like, in every situation, you know, I have a choice. I think it gives me a lot of a freedom, you know, to exercise myself. Absolutely. And somewhere that replies to my query also, you know, like mm -hmm. I was imposing this karma and uh, purpose thing onto me, and then having all that and then i'm blaming for that extra burden on to me something yeah. so something what, on those lines what is the purpose of karma purpose of karma are you supposed to hold on to karma no no way karma is simply experience you know yeah, yeah. you're supposed it's, to release karma right yes right so how do we release karma by being present to whatever is showing up or well, like uh, rather let my... me ask you what what is how, uh, when we release karma what has then happened what is the, the the releasing factor of releasing karma the karma has been done yeah because you've learned something you learned the karmic yeah. lesson right yes yes and the only way to learn that karmic lesson is to understand where the karma comes from right true so if you're constantly embroiled in acting out from the karma can you then understand the karma no so the only way to understand the karma is to observe it and to become aware of it and to move in and start healing the karma and by releasing it because the karma what, what holds the karma is the emotion, right? Yes. So yes. the 
being able to move from a perspective where we're constantly acting from the karma to actually observing it, we need to observe it with compassion and uh, acceptance. And that then allows us to release the karma and thus the uh, emotion. Yes. Does Very that make true. sense? Yes, it makes amazing sense. Yeah. All right. Great. Thank you. Um, so actually, you reminded me, I was going to touch up on uh, the concept of the boundaries in terms of uh, releasing emotions as well. And the now boundaries, we, we did a podcast uh, about boundaries about six months ago. So um, it's not kind of hard and fast uh, uh, borders around you that are boundaries in my perspective uh, or in my experience boundaries are really something that we gradually come to understand as we release karma or emotions so if for example if i'm triggered all the time uh, or i have anger triggering all the time then that is going to uh, it's going to poke my boundaries right and my boundaries are not going to be very good because i'm always triggered uh, to be angry now once i don't have that anger within me anymore i there is nothing to trigger it now that then changes the boundaries my boundaries are, are in this case, now in this case, I can just show up and say, you know what? Uh, I don't really enjoy you talking to me that way. So I'm just going to leave. Then you've set your, then you know your boundaries that you don't need to accept that. Now, someone else might uh, have their boundaries violated all the time and, the, you know, they accept that. and. I've certainly been one of those people that have uh, been in those positions. Um, and that then you, you trigger emotions, but you suppress that emotion. You don't express it at all. You just suppress it. And that's a different way of doing it. Um, and then, of course, you're just holding on to it. But you allow your boundaries to be violated because you're not expressing your emotions. You're not expressing how you feel. Now, as when you start releasing that, you then build up your own uh, acceptance and compassion towards yourself. You build up your own um, kind of power with your self-esteem and your self-acceptance. And now you, are, you feel safe to communicate, I don't accept that. Now that becomes your boundary to say, no, I don't accept you yelling at me. Or you can yell all you want. I'm not going to stay here and listen to it because I don't need that toxic environment around me. Now that boundary has come because you've done the work within yourself. You're really starting to release that uh, core wounding, right? And now suddenly you are expressing your boundaries and you feel safe doing it the problem is that we don't often feel safe expressing our emotions 
and thus we don't feel safe expressing our boundaries. But once we get to the place where we've done the work, we've done uh, the self-reflection and we say, you know what? I'm going to be safe either way. So I'm going to express my boundaries and my emotions in a compassionate way. I don't need to perpetuate uh, whatever the other person experience is experiencing. And since I've done the work and my anger is not triggered, there's no reason for me to yell and scream. I just simply state, I don't need to accept this. And that's it. Right? So how do we express our hurt, for example? How do we start the conversation? Um, and it can simply be by saying, I feel hurt. Now, someone else might say, oh, don't be so sensitive. And that is their, their trigger that they feel that you're being sensitive. But now you're in a position to either be triggered by the fact that they're calling you sensitive and don't accept your boundary, or you, you can turn around and say, you know what, that has nothing to do with me and I, I'm safe and I'm comfortable in that I feel hurt right now. I'm just communicating it. If they don't wanna hear it, they don't wanna accept it. That's not my, not my problem. But just communicating it allows you to express it out now oftentimes we want to be heard in our emotions as well so reflect perhaps on if you feel if you expressed it and it wasn't received and you that makes you feel worse reflect on why that is what is the uh, the what is it that you've experienced that doesn't that triggers you not feeling hurt because it's within us we really there's no need for us to really have anybody accept us apart from ourselves now of course in the long run yes part of the human experience is to connect with others and to connect with the people that see us for whom we are, who we are, and to accept us who we are. But on an individual basis, that is, might simply not be the right person who's going to accept that within you. So you move on. You move on to a different community. You move on to a different group. Just set the intention for yourself that you're safe and you belong somewhere, and that's it. Now, that journey is difficult, of course. It's painful. As we say, pain is inevitable, but the suffering is optional. So it's that also having that journey then is for you to experience something about yourself. How am I responding to this journey of pain? How am I responding to this pain? How am I working through this pain? Am I 
able to express my emotion and whether anybody accepts it or not, that's fine because I don't have to take that personally. And I don't have to assume that I know everything about the person who I'm expressing it to. My first assumption might be, what a cold jerk. Here I am expressing that I'm hurt and they won't even have it. Well, I don't know what they've experienced in their life that makes them not want to receive that. So it's always a balance, balancing act when we are expressing our emotions. Key is to do it compassionately towards yourself and others and always know what you're in control of and always know your three choices and that you simply don't need to stay in that experience, whether it's temporarily or permanently. But if you do stay, that you either try to change the experience in itself, i.e. ask the other person to change. For example, you yelling at me is not gonna help. Can you please stop yelling? If that person doesn't stop, you can try again. Or perhaps you change your perception of that. All right, that person is yelling. I wonder what is going on in their life that makes them so angry. So start looking at things as not being done to you because it is their experience, not your experience. You don't need to take on their experience. And this takes practice. It's not something that (laughs) if you have anger management issues and you're going to immediately go out and say, okay, serenity now, and uh, it's all going to be a hunkadori next time someone gets angry with you. Um, it is something you work over time and just know that as you're working on, as you're reflecting on it, you are doing your best. And your best today is going to be different from your best tomorrow. So today, you might be able to respond with, I don't like that. Tomorrow, you might respond with anger and yelling and screaming. And the day after that, you might go back to responding with, I don't like that. I'm going to leave the room. But you have a choice every single time. And not beating yourself up because you may have, quote unquote, failed in your own eyes because you are doing your best every single time. And it is a process and a practice. Well, thank you everybody for listening in. And I hope we brought some, uh, some perspectives for you to uh, take a look at and reflect on. Actually, as a side note there, just know that expressing it to people that you know it's gonna fall on deaf ears it's a choice again, you know, you can either try to continue to change them or you can uh, change your perspective of your experience or you can uh, leave it and just say, you know what, they're not going to listen anyway. So find a different outlet. Now, for example, going to the gym, exercising, 
those kind of things are very helpful to release um, release uh, those emotions. But also journaling, you know, find other outlets to uh, communicate how you feel. It doesn't necessarily have to be in spoken words. It can be in writing. It can be in singing. It can be in other ways. Don't fear. You know, of course, look at the situation and make a judgment. You know, if I'm expressing myself here, is that going to put me in physical danger? Is that is it necessary for me to put my, myself in a situation? Know that you have a choice when and how and why you express it. Well, thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll uh, see you next week and uh, have a great time. Good time until we see you next time. Take care now. Healthy expression of emotion is not necessarily difficult, but it does require practice to get to the point where you can observe your own emotions and interact with them in a healthy way so that you can control your words, your thoughts and your actions. At the Alchemy Experience we don't believe in one size fits all, so all our programs are tailored towards your specific uh, circumstances and experiences so that you can show up as the best version of yourself that you can. If you're interested in learning more about our programs, then please visit us at thealchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, schedule an appointment with us. Again, I'm grateful for you showing up here today and listening in, and hope you've uh, been able to resonate with some of the materials we've shared and uh, are taking something away from it. We look forward to hosting you next Friday at 11.11 11, uh, British time when we launch or publish the next episode of the Arkham Experience podcast. Until then, take care, enjoy and have a good time. Bye for now.